Welcome to Triumphant's Podcast with Pastor Tanya, preaching on the Word of God. Because you are an amazing God. And our faith is made stronger in the presence of our Savior. We take a moment to look back, God, for what you've already done, where you've already brought us from. Lord God, we stand here this morning as a grateful people. God, we are just grateful this morning to be in your presence. God, we're grateful to be in your presence this morning because our faith is made stronger, Lord God, when we're in the presence of our Savior. And so now, Lord God, we come to this sacred moment, this preaching moment. And it's a sacred moment, God. But this whole service is sacred. This is just another part of this sacred, this sacred time that we've set aside. But here's the thing, Lord God. It's possible for you to speak and we not hear. God, it's possible for you to speak and we not obey. God, it's possible for you to move and for us to not see. And so God, this morning, we know that you are going to do what you do because you're a faithful God. We know that you're going to show up. We know that you're going to speak truth. You know, we know that you are present, God. But God, our prayer this morning is for us. God, that in the midst of life's challenges and our tiredness, Lord God, even in the midst of possibly uh, fatigue or, or sickness in our body, that God, you would give us ears to hear, God. God, through our pain, give us eyes to see that you're on our side. God, give us fresh revelation and anointing this morning to know that all things are truly working together for our good. Not because we've been good, but because your word says that it's working together for our good because we love you and you love us. So don't let this be just another Sunday morning, Lord God. God, if we're here right now just because it's Sunday with no expectation, God, forgive us, Lord God. Even now and change our mindset, change our outlook so that at this moment we're saying, no, I came because it's Sunday, but I'm leaving because the word of God is going to permeate 
my circumstances and my situation and I will understand what God is calling me to do in this season. So God, we come to you this morning with surrendered hearts and open minds and open hearts to hear your word on this morning. So God, we thank you and we bless you. And it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. It's your season. It's your season. While the earth remains, Genesis 8, 22. We've read this scripture now for the last five weeks. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. As long as we're here, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, Summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Our weekly passage in the book of Acts, chapter 13, beginning at verse 22. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. As we conclude this series on It's Your Season, the two things that I've asked us to keep in mind as we go through this is to realize that regardless of what we go through in this life, that we want to be able for God to say of us, as he said of King David, that, that this is a woman, that this is a man after my own heart. That, that that's the goal, that, that no matter what challenges come and seasons come and seasons go, that we would be found with the heart after the things of God. That it would not be said of us as it was said of Saul, I regret that I ever made him king. The other thing is that we should be able to say that in regardless of the different seasons of life that we go through, that we should be able to say, I once was young, but now I'm old. And I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I said I once was young. That means I've got I've seen a gamut of it, but I've never seen the righteous, God's righteous forsaken. Now, oh no, the children of the righteous. I said, no, the children of the righteous wanting and begging bread. And so as we reach into our final installation of this series, we once again find ourselves in 2 Samuel. As I get there myself. Thank you, Lord God. We find ourselves in in 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone 
in flesh. In times past, when Saul was king over us, it was you who led out and brought in Israel. And the Lord said to you, you shall be shepherd of my people, Israel, and you shall be prince over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed David king over Israel. Remember in this study of seasons, we said three things to keep in mind. One, it's your season. It's always your season. It may not be a season that you want, but it's always your season. It may be a dying season. It may be a struggling season. It may be a formation season, but it's always your season. The other point that we've kept in mind over these weeks is that God is the Lord of your season. That there is never a time, there's never a circumstance, there's never a situation that will come up in your life that God has lost control over your situation. You may have lost control over your situation. Your situation may seem out of control, out of your scope, but the reality is God is the Lord of every season of your life. And the final point that we've kept in mind all these weeks, not only is it your season, not only is he God of your season, but there is good in every season. I said, there is good to come out of every season. There is no way. Don't ever think. I know when tears are falling and, and, and destruction is on your left and on your right. Please understand that if you ask God to give you eyes to see that there is good in every season of your life. And the reason that that is so important for us to understand, saints, is that if we don't understand that God is doing good even in hard seasons, we'll wait until a good season in order to give God glory. I said if we don't understand to see his goodness and his faithfulness, even in the challenging seasons, we'll miss our life waiting on our season. So you've got to learn to shout. You've got to learn to praise. You've got to learn to give him victory. You've got to get, learn to give him thanks. Even when life is falling apart, you've got to, there's something that you've got to learn to muster to say that God has still not forgotten me. And even when you feel like he has, that's why he's given us his holy word. That's why he's given us people like David. And you can say if David made it through his adulam season, if David made it through the cave of difficulty, if David made it through Bethlehem, I'm going to, I'm going to make it too. Have you ever just looked at scripture? There's nobody that went from point A to point Z overnight. They had ups, they had downs, they had trials and tribulations, but they had to keep their eye on what God had spoken over their life. But now we are here, saints. Somebody say, we here. here. We've been trying to get here since week one. We are finally here. We are at Zion. This is the season of God's fulfillment. This is the season of God's manifestation. This is the season that everybody's, this is the season when people pray about, I'm looking for my, this is the season they're talking about. When people say, I'm waiting on my season, this is the season they're talking about. When people are in prayer, they say, I can't wait till my season comes, this is the season that they're talking about. 
When, when, when we sing that song, it's a new season. It's a new day. It's a fresh anointing coming. It's a season of power. It's a season of prosperity. This is this season. We are finally in Zion, y'all. If you, if you don't shout, you're here. You made it. That means David has gone through persecution and praise. He's gone from obscurity to notoriety. He has fought battle after battle. He has been loved. He has been hated. He has rejoiced. He has cried. He has ran for his life. He's been adored. All these things that have happened, and he's finally at his place of promise. But it took him 22 years to get there. It's been 22 years since Samuel first told him, you're the next king. It's been 22 years since he was first anointed to be the next king of Israel. You know, when I, when I used to hear that story, I would say, Lord, that's a long time. Till you live part of that 22 years. And you realize that, that sometimes it's been 32 years. <laughs> sometimes it's been 40 years. But here's the thing I want us to be encouraged in saints. Don't ever give up on the promises that God has spoken in your life. I said, don't ever give up on the promises that God has spoken in your life. It was 40 years that, 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 that Moses waited. It, 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 it takes us some time to go through some things, but, but somebody today, don't, don't get used to it. Well, it was 22 years, 10 years ago. Your story is your story. But the reality is it's never time to give up on what God has spoken in your life. I said, it's never a good time to give up on what God has spoken in your life. There are times that we need to refocus. We need to rechange. We need to reprioritize. But when God has spoken something in your life, he is faithful to fulfill it. But you've got to, you've got to, that's a hard truth to hold on to year in and year out. When you see people come and you see people go, and you see people who came after you get elevated above you. I said, when you, when you see someone who got hired after you get excelled and, and promoted above you, it's hard to rest in the fact that God's season of promotion is upon you. That God is never going to leave you without fulfilling the promise that he has spoken in your life. But we learn from David a very important lesson on our trip to Zion. Get there the right way. Get there the right way. You don't have to knock people over on your way to your destiny. You don't have to destroy somebody else's reputation to make room for you in the kingdom of God. You don't have to connive. You don't have to trick. You don't have to scheme. You don't have to play the game. You don't have to be in the know, and you don't have to know who's who. Nobody has to know your name except the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Don't think you have to have the right connections to get to the destiny that God has designed for your life. Because here's the thing, saying to God, beloved, hear me this on this morning. If you depend on people to get you, 
to what God has destined for you, you will depend on people to keep you there. And, and, and then you're going to be afraid of offending and hurting because if you, are, you hurt and offend and criticize the people that gave you your edge, then you, then you may lose your footing. But if God is the one who's elevated you, if God is the one who's put you in your place, if God is the one who set you over nations, then you can rest assured. You can rest assured that God is the one who's going to keep you there. And that's the other thing that's indicative of this season. The insecurity of Adullam is gone. David is not running for his life anymore. He's not scared anymore. There's no doubt anymore. He's arresting secure. Why? Because he's living in the promise. The doubt is gone. The fear is gone. The anxiety is gone. The uncertainty is gone. The, I wonder if it's ever, it's gone and he is a living in Zion. I can't believe we aren't more excited about that. It's finally here. Whew. Lord, I ain't never think I'd get here. But you said, you know what? I, I, I know the word of God. There's still some lessons for us to learn in Zion. <laughs> But you know what? It is okay to shout that you finally made it. It's okay to give God praise that you're in, the, in this season. You know what? This is the season and it says in 2 Samuel chapter 5. I'm going to read it real quick because it's just, it's just a good word. It says, and David, this is 2 Samuel chapter 5, 10. This is Zion and David became greater and greater. This is your season of becoming greater and greater. Zion is your season of going from glory to glory. Instead of from disappointment to disappointment and defeat to defeat, when you get to Zion, you get to go from greater to greater. You get to go from glory to glory. You get to go from breakthrough to breakthrough. You get to go from blessing to blessings everywhere I turn around. This is your Zion season. It's been hard fought and it's been hard won, but you're here and it's time to give God praise. Why do you go from greater to greater? It says, for the Lord of God was with David. Yes. He didn't just go from greater to greater on his own. He didn't just go from glory to glory on his own. He didn't just go from victory to victory. God was with him in this season, and he experienced blessings beyond his wildest imagination. It's his season. It's his Zion season. It's the season, it tells us in 2 Samuel 7, 9, where his enemies have been silenced. So not only is he experiencing breakthrough after breakthrough and greater upon greater and blessing upon blessing, his enemies have been silenced. Now, if you keep reading in 2 Samuel, it didn't mean his enemies went away. Because right after this is his enemies were silenced. He fought a battle with the Philistines. See, let me, let, me, let me explain something to you. As long as you have breath in your lungs, you're going to have haters. Yes. As long as you are alive, you're going to have people who are against your success. You're going to have people who are going to talk down to you, not believe in you, criticize. But it comes a point when you're in Zion that it's just noise. When you realize that you are at the place that God has called you to, that you are in the place that God has destined you to be, your haters sound like babies. Your haters' voice mean nothing because you are secure in where God has placed you. 
And so it doesn't matter what they say anymore. It doesn't even matter when they laugh. You're like, I'm the one sitting on the throne. I'm the one who is fulfilling and living in the manifestation of what God told me years ago. Y'all, that's the Zion season. Greater to greater, victory to victory. Your enemies are silenced. You are where God told you you were going to be. So we can can say amen and go home now, right? But y'all know it's stuff we got to learn. And that's where we lose it a lot of times, is that we realize that even in, in the good season, the season of power, this is the season of power. David had incredible power. There was no one above him other than God Almighty. There was a great influence that came with his name. But the first lesson that we learn in Zion, and I'm going to read it, same chapter, we're still in chapter 5, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 12. It says, and David knew that the Lord had established him king over Israel. And that he had exalted his kingdom, listen to this part, for the sake of his people, Israel. The Lord had established him king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of David. Is that what it says? No, it says he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people. You are in Zion For the sake of the people. (laughs) I said you have gotten to your place of destiny. For the sake of the people. See this is where we miss it. We think we are in Zion. Because we finally got to our destiny. And it's about us. That we don't have to struggle anymore. We don't have to deal with the haters anymore. We don't have to deal with the disappointment all the time. That we're living in prosperity and and, and we get so caught up in what God is doing in our lives, we neglect the reality that the only reason God is doing it is so that we can be a blessing to the people. God has not elevated you for the sake of you. God has not elevated you to make your name great. God elevates you to make his name great. God elevates you to do a greater work in his kingdom, not just to do a greater work in your house. I said, God elevated you to do a greater work in the kingdom. This is not about people knowing who you are and you having fame and you having fortune and people love. This is about the kingdom of God. If you get to Zion and you think Zion is about you, you need to go back to Hebron and just spend some time with that one little tribe in Judah. If you get to Zion and you think it's about you, you've missed the point of your elevation. You've missed the point of God raising you up from nothing. You've missed the point of everything that you've been through. And you say, but I don't like the people. When you say it's about the people, well, the people get on my nerves. But then you know what? It's still about the people. And that's why God taught you how to deal with the personalities when you were in Bethlehem. He taught you how to deal with the personalities when you were in a doolum. He taught you to deal with the criticism when you were dealing in your season of difficulty. He taught you how to deal with the lazy and the tired and all of that when when you were in different seasons. And now that you are here, God said, I need you to love my people like I love my people. And if you can't love them like I love them, then you don't need to be where you are. 
See, this is the thing that we have to understand. The reason the kingdom of God does not advance the way that God intends it is we get caught up in our own personal ministry and we forget that this isn't about us, it's about the kingdom. We get caught up in what our church is doing, what our, our ministry is doing, what our pastor is doing, and we forget that this isn't just about my pastor, my church, my call, my ministry. It's about the kingdom of God coming on earth. How much time we, could you imagine what kind of force we could have in this city if we as just the church would come together? Not worried about who's in charge, who's going to get the credit, who's, we just, we just want to see the kingdom of God expanded in the earth. Somebody needs to say amen. We just want, y'all can leave my name off the program, but I want to see the kingdom of God expanded in the earth. I want to see people who don't know Jesus come to know Jesus. I want to see children who've never been taught love, know love through the church of God. I want to see the kingdom expanded. When you get to Zion, it's not about you and yours. It's about him and his. It's about the people. You mean I worked all of this hard to get, and it's still, it's ne- let me share something with you. It's never going to be about you. It's never going to be about you. It's always about what God is doing in the kingdom. He said, I've established David for the sake of my people. My people needed a leader. My people needed someone after my heart. He said, now, now David did get blessed in the process. He was blessed. He, was, he went from glory to, but, but understand this, that was just a byproduct of the, the ultimate purpose. And that was to make God's name great. Somebody needs to whisper that to you. It is never, it's never been about me. And you know what? When you were going through and you felt like, God, that, that wasn't even about you. It's never been about you. It's always been about making God's name great. Because if you don't know my name, I hope that when you see me, you see and know the love of God. We got too many superstars in the kingdom. I said, we got too many superstars in the kingdom and not enough servants. We got, we got, we got people with, with big stuff and big names and little ministry and little impacts. Do you know that you can have thousands of people sitting under you and have little impact? God is looking for some people who can care less about their name and more about his name. I said, God is looking for people who could care less about their name and more about his name. That's what Zion is about. God is trusting you to bring the people. And I'm not just talking in ministry. That if God elevates you on your job, there's somebody that's going to be in your job that needs to see that you can be a Christian. And do things the right way and still be promoted. Somebody needs to see that you cannot sleep around. You cannot cuss people out. You cannot be nasty and still rise to higher ranks. Somebody needs to see that being kind is still honorable to God. Somebody needs to see that good may not always be easy, but good is still right. 
That's Zion. That's Zion. But not only is it about the people, don't miss this, it's about that, that person. It's about that person. Go with me real quick. You said per people, person, same difference. Go with me real, real quick. Second, we're still in 2 Samuel. Chapter 9. When you're in Zion, yes, it's about the people. God calls you to the people. It but this is the thing. If you, if you take the right track to get here, you understand what it's like not to be here. You get what I'm saying? You understand what it's like not to be in purpose. You understand what it's like not to be loved. You understand what it's like to be ignored. You understand what it's like to feel like you've been forgotten about. When God gets you to Zion, Use your platform to be a blessing to somebody else. Look what happened. Look at what happened. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 9. And David said this. Is there anyone left? Look at me, y'all. If y'all don't hear nothing, y'all, this is, this is one of the most powerful scriptures in all of, of all of the Bible. I know I say that all the time. But really, listen to what's happening here. David said, remember, David is cool. He's settled. He's happy. He's in Zion. Enemy stop, glory, favor, in favor, increase. Everything that he's wanted for the last 20 some odd years of his life. He is here. He is good. And look what he says. Hmm. Is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Remember the friendship and the covenant he had with Jonathan? Jonathan, who helped let him know when his father had lost his mind and was trying to kill him. David doesn't get anything from helping somebody from the house of Saul. But yet, there is something in him that knows that even though I'm good, there's somebody else out there that's not. There's something in David that says, even though I'm okay, even though I'm at a place that I've long to be. There's somebody that needs my light. Saints of God, are we at that place where we're always, we're looking for somebody to bless. We're looking for somebody to encourage. Not that they always have to come to us, but that we're saying, Lord, let my past cross somebody today that, that was where I was five years ago, just so I can speak encouragement to them. Can I can let them know I've been there, baby. I know what it's like to be a single mother. I know what it's like to lose a job. I know what it's like. Lord, find me, show me somebody that needs to be blessed. Now, here's the story. When he finds that, go down to verse 3. It says, and the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to? Ziba said to the king, there is still the son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. The king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, he's in the house of Machia, the son of Amiel at Lodabar. Somebody say at Lodabar. That don't even sound like a good place to live. He's living at Lodabar. And, and, and it literally means there's no grain there. It's a death place. It's lifeless. 
There's someone living at Lodabar, and his name is Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. And it says, and Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell at his face. Now, here's the thing. This is what happened to Mephibosheth. When David initially began to take over the throne, the way it worked is that when a new king came into power and a new king came into authority, everybody from the previous king's family was killed. That was, that was standard procedure. Read it throughout. And the reason they did that, because the son of the previous king is the one who had the right to the throne. So the, what, the way to get rid of that was to, to kill everybody. And so when, when a new king would come, they would kill everybody from the previous king. So when they first realized that Saul and Jonathan were dead, the maid took Mephibosheth, who was Jonathan's son, and she grabbed him. And she ran to hide him, to keep him from being killed. And in the process of picking him up and grabbing him, she dropped him. And he broke both his feet. And so not only was he on the run, he's on the run and he's lame. And here is David sitting in Zion, sitting on, and he says, go and get Mephibosheth. He said, bring him to me. Now you can only imagine what Mephibosheth felt. Trust me, it wasn't excitement. Remember, he was hiding from David. David was supposed to kill him. David was supposed to kill his children. David was supposed to make sure that there was no heir of Saul left anywhere so that there would be no threat to his throne and no threat to his kingdom. But here's the thing. When you know who you are, I said when you know who you are, when you know what God has called you to, when you know where God has placed you, when you are settled in the anointing that God has placed on your life, you're not threatened by anybody. He said, bring Mephibosheth here, not so I can heal him, kill him, because I want to be a blessing to him. I want to be a blessing to the grandson of the man that tried to kill me. When you find yourself in Zion, look for people to bless who are the last people in your right mind that you would think you should be blessing. It's that person who has so much hatred and fear and anxiety bent up in their heart that you don't even want to be bothered with them. They've been in hiding. They're hiding from their reality. They're hiding from their family. They're hiding from everything that's going on. God said, go get them and show them there's a place for them at the king's table. Not only did he go get Mephibosheth, he said, there's a place for you at my table. He said, for the rest of your life, not only for you, but for you and for your children and for your children's children, you don't have to run anymore. You don't have to hide anymore. You don't have to be ashamed anymore. I've come to get you and just you, not just to be a blessing to you, but for you and for generations to generations to come. Sometimes it's not just blessing the masses. It's about finding that one person. It's that one person who is literally on their last leg 
It's that one person who seems unlovable and untouchable and unreachable. They're in Lodabar. They're in a place with no, with no grain. They're in a place with no blessing. They're in a place with no fruit. But the only thing they need is someone from Zion that'll love them beyond their messiness. That's what Zion is about. Y'all, there's somebody on your job you cannot stand. <laughs> there's somebody who needs your love. It's easy to love people who are lovable. It's easy to reach out to people who are reachable. But sometimes you got to go to Lodabar. You got to put yourself out there. And just like Mephibosheth thought David was coming to kill him. Sometimes when you reach out to people with kindness, they take your kindness for deception. They think you have ulterior motives. You got to love them anyway. It's sometimes about the one Billy Graham tells in his autobiography that the night he accepted Christ, it was at a tent revival. It was at a tent revival, and it was people from all over, and this preacher came, and you know when you do your preaching, you preach with all your heart. And only one person gave their life to Christ that night. But that one person was Billy Graham. And that one person, I said, no, come on, y'all, somebody got to get with me. I, I know it seems like it's not worth your energy. Because somebody has dropped in your spirit while I'm talking. I know it doesn't seem like it's worth your energy. And it's worth your time. And it's worth them rejecting you again. But that one person... It's that one person that can affect the multitudes. It's that one person that can change the lives of millions. But they need somebody to go get them from Lodabar. And since you have the platform, I said, since you have the platform, since you're in Zion, since you're in a season of rest, since you're in a season of blessing, since you're in a season of increase, forget about yourself and go and get Mephibosheth from Lodabar and let him sit at your table. Amen. Amen. And let him sit at your table. Yeah. One life, y'all. Yeah. One life. I didn't say it was easy. But go and get him. That's what Zion is about. It's about the people. It's about that, that person. Amen. And the other thing, it's about your persistent pursuit of God. Amen. It's about your persistent pursuit of God. Now, y'all know David well enough to know the one thing I haven't mentioned yet. We done been here five weeks. And y'all know what story is missing. Y'all know, y'all, Mr. You said, say a name, say a name. Y'all know the story that's missing. We, 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 we got David and Goliath. We got, oh man, Dave, David has been on it. He's been blessing. He done praised God so much. His clothes fell off. He's, he's been a blessing. 
He has struggled. He has cried. He has hurt. He has been threatened. He has learned to trust God. He has learned to speak peace and encourage himself in the Lord. But isn't it interesting? It's not until Zion. It wasn't in his season of difficulty. It wasn't in, 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 in the Bethlehem season when he didn't have any power and power to abuse. It wasn't there. It wasn't in Hebron. It wasn't. It was when he finally got to Zion. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it either. Second Samuel 11. In the spring of the year. It's nice out. When the kings go out to battle, he was king, right? So he should have been out to battle. But when the kings go out to battle, David sent Joab. He didn't go. You know why? Because he was in a season of peace. Remember, David is, is a right. He has known victory after victory. He's known Glory to glory. There's no way I can do first and second Samuel justice in this time. Just, just read. I mean, God was on it for David. And he had gotten comfortable. And he was finally at rest. Even in seasons of rest. You got to make sure you keep your eyes on the Father. Even when, when your prayers have been answered, yes. hear me now, saints. Even when your prayers have been answered and your manifestation has come, you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. You got to keep your knees to the plow. Even when, you know, because when we're hurting, we pray more, Minister Drew. When we're waiting on God to do something, we're not going to miss our morning prayer time. We're we not going to miss getting with our prayer partner, reading our devotions because we're believing God for something. But when God has done what we've asked him to do, when we are living in the manifestation of his promise, when we are living in the truth of his word, that's when the enemy can sneak in like a thief in the night. In the spring of the year, when the kings go out to battle, David didn't go. And because he didn't go, he was at home doing nothing. And he saw Bathsheba. And he inquired, who is that? And they told him, like, that's Uriah's wife. Ignorance wasn't he. That's just right. And he said, bring her to me. Here's the thing. Every other instance in David's life, what did he do? Y'all remember after Saul was dead 
And it was time for him. They're like, it's time for you to go. Go to, go to you. Go take over the king. Saul is dead. Go take. And he said, shall I go up? They said, you can defeat them. You can defeat them. And he would say, God, shall I go? Will I defeat them? Shall I go here? Shall I do this? God, is this what you want me to do? And sometimes God would say, no, don't go. Don't pursue them. I need you to lay back. I got victory for you, but it's not in the pursuit. Sometimes he was like, go. I have given you victory over them. But David would always ask God, where do you want me to go? How do you want me to handle it? Will I? But this time. This time. He didn't ask God. He did what felt right in his soul what was right in his own eyes when you get to Zion saints of God hear me here don't stop seeking the face of God I know they're calling your name I know you finally got money in your account your family's doing well Things are better than they've ever been. Don't stop seeking the face of God. God, if he had just asked God, is this what I should? But he knew. When you get to Zion, See, see, let me let me let me tell you something about the enemy. He likes to destroy you in Zion. Because it's not just you that falls. You bring down a whole bunch of people with you. It's not just about your name when you get to Zion, it's about his name. And that's why when, when, when Nathan confronted David, he said, you have made me look terrible among the nations. There's a cautionary tale. I know it's a season of blessing. Enjoy your blessing. Enjoy the prosperity. Enjoy the authority, the power that God, but don't abuse it. Don't abuse the blessings that God has given you in Zion. That's the lesson that God has for us. I know it took us years to get here. It took David 22 years to finally get here. And then in a moment of him not being where he was supposed to be, not doing what he was supposed to be doing, his idle time, he did not seek the Lord. Because he was so used to winning. I don't care how many victories you've had. Lord, is this what you would have me to do? Lord, is this the next acquisition you would have me to take? God, I know this promotion means even more money, but is this really where you want me to go? Yeah. Don't 
ever stop pursuing and seeking the face of God for your life. Y'all, we made it to Zion. That's praiseworthy. You've made it to your place of destiny. You didn't get killed in the season of Adullam. You didn't get killed in Hebron. You didn't lose faith in Bethlehem. Here you are in Zion. But remember, it's not about you. It's not about your ministry. It's not about your gift. It's about what you can do for the kingdom of God on this earth. It's about what you can do to spread God's kingdom and make his kingdom greater. And then it's about finding that person, that person that's in Lodabar, that person that gets on your nerves, that person that's so broken and so hurt and so battered by life. And give them a seat at your table. It's one thing to bless somebody who can bless you back. It's another thing to bless somebody who has nothing to give you. Find that person. Find that person who without you may end their life. Find that person and load the bar. Somebody got it. Y'all going to make some effort to find that and give them a seat at your table. And then finally, don't stop pursuing God when you're at a place of peace. Pray for him. Pray to God. Pray as hard in Zion as you did during your season of difficulty. Pray as hard in Zion when the bills are paid and your children are healthy. Pray as hard in Zion as you did in Adullam. Pray as hard in Zion when you were alone in the hills of Bethlehem. Pray as hard, believe as hard, fight as hard to hear the voice of God so the enemy has no room to deceive you. Because he's coming. And that's why the Bible said he comes like a thief in the night. David didn't even see that coming. He didn't see it coming. And that's where the enemy capitalizes. But the enemy has no place when the believer stays on her knees. When the believer stays on his knees. He will cancel the assignment of destruction that the enemy has for your marriage. When you stay on your knees, the assignment of the enemy is canceled on your children. So you're in Zion, but it's still praying time. You're in Zion, but it's people time. It's the, that person to give them a place. It's your season. Whatever your season, it's still a season of power. It's a season of growth, a season of development, a season of change. But we've got to remember to keep God as the Lord of every season of our life. You made it to Zion, but there's some responsibilities in Zion. It's not all about hoop and shout. It's about service and sacrifice because of how good God has been to you. Can we pray? Can we pray? 
Maybe we're thanking God that we didn't die in a doula. Maybe we're thanking God that we didn't get discouraged at Hebron. Maybe we're just grateful that depression didn't take us out in Bethlehem. But God, don't let success take us out in Zion. I'm going to say, God, please don't let success take us out. Don't let our victories take us out. Don't let our good thing take us out. Help us, Lord God. Don't let us make your name look bad in Zion. Father, thank you. For every season. When the people in my own household didn't think I was good enough. You saw me. You saw me. You, you gave me a taste of a victory. which built my character. But then you also gave me seasons of struggle. But it strengthened my faith. You gave me a season of just a peak of my destiny. And it strengthened my hope that Zion was coming. And that God, that you've ushered me into this season. Or when you usher me into this season of Zion, God, may I always remember that every tear I've cried, every battle won, every victory fought, was never about me. I know it happened to me, but it was never about me. It was always about you and your kingdom and your people that you love so much. And God, if I can't love your people, then I can't serve your kingdom purpose. So God, give me strength to love the unlovable. Give me strength to give to those who want to take. Help me go find Mephibosheth in Lodabar and give him a seat at my table. And God, even in the midst of peace and success and victory, may you find me on my knees saying, Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, where would you have me go? Lord, where would you have me be a blessing? So that we don't miss what you have for us in this season. God, forgive us. Forgive us, God. 
that we thought that this was about us. Forgive us in our shouts of anger and frustration about when my time is coming. God, now we know that, that our time is really just your time. And this season will again change because as long as the earth remains, our seasons will change. But God, you have taught us in these weeks what to learn, how to grow, and how to have victory in every season of our life. And so God, today we lift our hands wherever we are. Wherever we are, and we say, God, do in me, in this season, what needs to be done. Tear out of my life what needs to be torn so that I will give your name glory and that I will always make you look good. So God, we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about Triumphant Church, visit us at thetriumphantchurch.org or you can contact us at 301-559-2200.